Matthew chapter 9, I'm going to go start reading verse 18. While, and it says, while, I'm going to be reading from the uh, English standard for ESV. It says, while he was saying these things to them, behold, a ruler came in and knelt before him saying, my daughter has just died. Come and lay your hand on her and she will live. And Jesus rose and followed him with his disciples. And behold, a woman who had suffered a discharge of blood for 12 years came up behind him, touched the fringe of his garment. For she had said to herself, if, if I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. Verse 23. And when Jesus came to the ruler's house and saw the, the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, and said, go away, for my girl is not dead, but sleeping. They laughed at him. But when the crowd had, put, uh, had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose, and the report of this went through all that district. Now, I wanted to talk to you, first of all. Let's take this first. We see a story. We see there's a guy that he's a, he's a ruler, and he actually is a ruler of a synagogue. And a synagogue would be, in the Jewish custom, would be like a church. It'd be like a pastor. And what he would do is the ruler of a synagogue had tremendous, tremendous importance. And not only was he in charge of the synagogue, but he would settle disputes. Okay, like if someone had a problem and it was in their neighborhood or whatever, when people would come, they would come to the rabbi and the rabbi would begin to, you know, that'd be like you and your wife coming. We can't get it right. Pastor Bubba, Pastor Josh, Pastor Zach, whoever. Can you just get help us? Are you hearing what I'm saying? My kid, Pastor, we have beat him. We screamed at him. We have, you know, we have threatened. We have done whatever. Pastor, we brought him into the world. We thought about taking him out as well. Please help us all. You understand what I'm saying? So this guy had significant influence, but he also, but he had power, he had prosperity and influence because he was the, he was the, the ruler of the synagogue. Jairus was such a man. This is this guy's name, Jairus. And what happened, yet he was willing to, what happened is his daughter gets sick. How many of you, if, how many of you mamas, if your kids get sick, you, you know, you're going to do whatever it takes to get them. Come on. I mean, my, I mean, my wife is the best mama in the whole world. And Nathan said, all right, Brother, I was giving you an amen right there. You, you, you blow, you ain't getting no pancakes tomorrow. And so what happens is, is, is I hate to embarrass him, but anyway, but I did. I'm sorry, son. And so what happens is I'll make your pancake. That'll be a miracle. But anyway, but what happens is. It, he had power and authority and influence, yet he was, he was willing to risk it all. Because, see, the synagogue people didn't really believe that Jesus really had, they, they thought he was a false prophet. Okay? So what happens, here's this ruler of, of the Jews, and what happens is he knows that Jesus is around. And so he's, yet, he's willing to risk it all because death has crept into his family. How many of you know that when something happens to you, even though you didn't know God, even though you didn't believe in Jesus, come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? I can remember that time when I, I, my, I, I grew up, I, knew, I had the fear of God, okay? I mean, listen, you, I'd go to, someone would go to, a, I'd go drinking and party with you, but if you cuss God, I'd slap you because I knew my grandmother didn't want that. You know what I mean? That ain't right. I mean, I remember being, I grew up, I grew up, I, I've been to every, I mean, I went to the Baptist church and sister, you know, we had sister of the wicked witch of the East and want to give you, she'd want you to give the quarter and like, she'd be mean. She goes, I ain't giving you my quarter. I'm saving it for bazooka bubble gum, you know, whatever. And, and then I can remember going to, uh, first communion as a Catholic because my mama told me I had to become a Catholic. I didn't even know what that meant. You know what I'm saying? I went to Catholic school and I remember eating one time. I had the Eucharist and I was hungry at Cathedral Carmel. I took the Eucharist and I ate it. And my friend goes, oh my God, you're going to die. I go, what do you mean? He goes, the last person I ever heard eat the Eucharist. That's the body of Christ, of Jesus himself. And I go, are you serious? I'm a cannibal. And, and, and he said, no, they bled. The last person I ever heard that they bled from the inside out. So the rest of the day, I'm looking at my nose and you see blood's going to come out and all this stuff. And so what happens is here's this guy. You got to realize here he is. He's been Jewish all of his life. And what happens is daughter gets sick and he's willing to risk whatever it takes. See, for some of us, 
What happens, something happens in your life or something happens in your family. You know what? You don't care what people think. You're going to risk whatever it takes to make things right. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Here's my question. You know what? Here's a bold declarations require great risk. Remember that bold declarations require great risk. What happens? Some people, there's a lot of people make a lot of bold statements, but you're going to have to take some risk in your life to see God do something in your life. You believe that? And so if you want to, you're going to have to flip your notes over because I'm going to come to your notes at the end of my teaching. All right. So this is anyway. So so think about this in Luke, in, 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 in Matthew, it, this story is also in the gospel of Luke. But in Luke, he says, Jairus's girl is 12 years old. There's something to remember. Okay, she's 12 years old. And for 12 years, his daughter, think about this. His daughter's brought light. She's brought laughter into the house. until su- I mean, she's just the joy of his life. And all of a sudden, something happens to his precious little girl. And, and what happens is she gets sick. And, and she's at the point of death. So when Jairus comes face to face with death, he knew what he did. He knew what to do. He said, you know what? He went to Jesus. That's what you see in verse 18 and 19. And what happened is he when Jairus came face to face with death, he goes, I got to run. So he was willing to take a risk of losing his prominent position. What would people think of you if you give it all to Jesus? What will people say about you if you're willing to go, you know what? I'm willing to cross over. I'm willing to trust Jesus with all of my life, 100% of who I am, 100% of what I know that I should be doing and how I should be living. I'm going to risk it all and give it all to the Lord. How many of you you got friends on your side? Oh, you don't want to just give it all. You want to become a Jesus freak. How many of you heard of those? You're just a Jesus freak. I remember when I went to my class reunion and a girl girl comes in. She goes, Pastor, she goes, she didn't call me Pastor. She goes, Baba. She goes, I heard you like a. A Jesus um, freak. And I go, yeah, whose freak are you? Let that sink in for a little bit. Freak out. You know what I mean? What happens is, let me tell you something. However you live, you're advertising how you live. The choices you make, you're advertising the choices. You know why some people that go to church, they don't bring anybody else with them? Because they're advertising not so good advertisement. Does that make sense? Like, you know, you want me to come to your church and your marriage looks like that? Mm, I don't think so. Or, I mean, hello, I'm not trying to be critical of anybody tonight. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know what everybody wants? It's like. They want the real stuff. It's kind of like this, the old bread commercial. If it's not fresh, it's not worth it. Come on. How many of you know you just get a little taste? Of, the Bible says taste and see that the Lord is good. Have you ever had somebody like you smell something before you taste it? Come on. Y'all getting hungry right now? I mean, you know, you just. See, I grew up in Lafayette, old time grocery. If I go by Judy's Inn. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, we've got. I, I, if I go by Judy Sin, Gerald is my friend. His daddy started the thing. I used to go there when I, in high school. His daddy at, in 12th grade, he would have hamburgers waiting for us because he would drive from Our Lady of Fatima all the way to Judy Sin, and he have a platter of hamburgers waiting for us because we had a, we had 35 minutes, so we had to hurry and get back down Josh Street to get back to. Anyway, it was fun, but but I, I mean, it's just the taste, it's the smell. I mean. All my sons are brainwashed. Those are the best hamburgers in the world. I mean, Pastor Jacob, that's a grease bomb. You ain't from Lafayette. Go back to Texas. Anyway. <laughs> but his waistline looks better than mine. Anyway. But here's the thing. Let me get back to the message. Is what happened, he was, what happened, he was willing to lose his position, his wealth, his reputation. And see, in order to save his daughter's life. Think about that. And what happened? This woman, but here it is. And you, you go back to verse 20, and what happens? This woman was hemorrhaging. Okay, there's another lady. She's hemorrhaging. She's bleeding. She's going to doctor. She has an issue. Okay, say, say it with me. Say issue. issue. How many of you got issues? They just keep bleeding. Okay, and she has some issues, and she's hemorrhaging. She's unable to go to church. 
Because in that custom, if you were bleeding or if you had blood, there was there were certain things you were considered unclean and you were defiled. And if you touched someone, you would defile the community. Okay? And what happened is, is that notice the parallel. I want you to see this in this verse. Notice there's a 12-year-old girl full of life, light, laughter, and suddenly she's dying. And there's a woman for 12 years full of darkness, disease, depression, and she was on the verge of being healed. Think about that. 12 years. 12 years. Here it is, life, laughter, 12 years of depression. How many of you know that sometimes you can, have, you can have someone in your own life or in your own life? How many of you look at moments in your life, you go, man, I've had a long time with a lot of issues in my life. I have a friend, he's got, I was reading a book about, he was talking about his dad. And he goes, dad, he goes, before you got, before God delivered you from alcoholism, he goes, you got delivered when you were 51 how old were you when you started? And he goes, I was 13, son. He, so he started doing the math. He goes, 38 years. I mean, that's a long time. Some of you aren't even that old. Then he started thinking about the man that sat by the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. Imagine, because no one would pick him up. He had an issue. Remember Jesus said, hey, you want to get healed? And he goes, but I have no one to pick me up. And there's no spiritual thing about 38 years. Believe me, there's nothing spiritual about that. But what I'm trying to say is, is that what happened, what I don't know, whatever. Maybe you've had 12 years that have been awesome. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Just great. And life has been good. And God has been gracious. But, but you don't know what your next hour holds. How many of you know that sometimes you don't know what your next hour holds? I can look back at my own life. I went to the doctor. You know, my story with cancer. I went in and like, I'm going to be fine. Come on. I'm going to be fine. You know, I'm one of those like, I, my cup is never half full. My cup is, I mean, it's, it, mine, it's never half in. It's half full. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, ooh, golly, what a terrible. Oh, that's not me. Okay, I'm like, something's going to happen. You can ask my wife. I mean, when we have to move in faith and believe God for something, I say, God's going to come through. I'm telling you, God is going to come through. I'm telling you. I need to have a good attitude, but God's going to come through. But what happens is you can't get, how many you know you can't guarantee the next hour that even though things can be going great, but you can't guarantee what the next hour. You can't guarantee when you come out of this. And I'm not trying to give me, but you don't know what's going to happen to you when you go out the doors tonight. You say, well, Pastor Bubba, should we walk in fear? No. God, God's been great, but you don't know what the next hour. See, you can't guarantee the next hour. You, but you can't, you can have the greatest tragedy or you can have the biggest challenge in your life. You see, like Jairus, who had, who had perhaps 12 years, he's been doing, been doing so well. But what happened is, and all of a sudden he's face to face with despair. How many of you have had something in your life where things have been going so well and all of a sudden you're faced with a job loss or despair and, and something happens and you go, golly, how am I going to do this? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where's it going to come from? God. Who's got you in the palm of his hands? God. The Bible says his thoughts towards you are like the grains of sand. He said he's got the hairs on your head numbered. And if you're follically challenged, he still knows how many are trying to come out. (laughs) You'll get that later. I don't know. Maybe the last 12 years or the last moment. I'm not just saying 12 years, but the last moments in your life, this season in your life, you've been feeling, you've been depressed. You've been discouraged. You've been battling discouragement, disease. You know that you don't know what your next moment holds. And see, I'm here tonight to tell you there's nothing impossible with God. Nothing. See, the Lord can do, God can do something sudden, suddenly, and it'll blow your mind, and it'll bring the end of your despair. And it just will. Look at verse 20. Come with me. Y'all with me? In this time, in this time they, believed that, they believed that the rabbis, there, there, was, there was power at the hem of their garments. 
They thought there was power. If they, if they could just touch the hem of the rabbi or the priest's garment, somehow there was a, there was a, a tradition that they believed that there was, uh, the spiritual leader, if they would touch him, their garment, they would, they, would, they would feel strength. They would be strengthened. So here's this woman. She says this. Say this one. It's if I. You know, but the, the difference between you seeing something happen is if I just cross the line. If. Say it when we say if. It's conditional. And she goes, if I touch that him. If I can just touch the him. The woman probably didn't have the strength to wrestle him with, for, with, in faith, to grab hold and believe. Yet she knew if she could just lightly touch the hem of his garment. Come up here, baby. And what happened is, is that all she had to do was, okay, just, I'm not Jesus, but, you know, I mean, just. (laughs) She touched me. Anyway, anyway. (laughs) But what happened is she had to press through. Just put your arm towards, like you're pressing through. And you're going to try to press. No, no. How do you press through something that's low? You get down, right? This may go somewhere. Anyway, just, all right, you can go back. Thank you. I'm just messing with her tonight. Like, tonight, I get, this is a true story. Kelby, I go, Kelby, go bring her the microphone. Tell her she's doing announcements. And Pastor Bubba said, so he brings it. And I'm looking, he comes back. I go, I'm just seeing how long it takes her to come back and find out what the announcements are. So she did. She's a good wife. Anyway. Are y'all, okay, listen, I'm going to get back to the message. So if, if, you know, sometimes the if, sometimes you don't feel like you have any more wrestle in you. You ever feel that way? Sometimes you feel like you don't have any faith in you. Sometimes you feel like I have, a, I have no feelings at all. My feelers are dead. You see, what happened, she knew if she could just lightly touch him, she'd be healed. She pressed through. The crowd, she pressed through her obstacles. You know, for every one of us, there's always going to be a crowd of obstacles. Hello? There's always going to be those voices. There are always going to be those people that say, you can never change. Nothing will ever be different. That's the way you're always going to be. That's just the way it is. You see, look at verse 22. Perhaps you can say, you know, Pastor B, I would love to have, you know, someone's going to pass above. I'd love to have Jesus touch me. But I don't feel his touch. You know, there's times I can worship and I feel God. How many of you ever felt that? You can just, I feel God. And there's other moments that, you know, you can be in your house or in your car and you maybe have worship and you feel the presence of God. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You just feel God. And there's other times you go, everybody's feeling him. You're going, like, is my feeler dead? <laughs> Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, you go, like, I, I don't feel diddly. I mean, nothing. You know? And see... But what happens is, then be like the woman. What does she do? If you're not feeling his touch upon you, can I just say, reach out and touch him. Can I just be honest with you? There's sometimes I get up and I read my Bible every day. I read my Bible every day. I pray every day. And I'm not, I'm not just saying it because I'm a preacher. I do that because I love God and I'm a Christian. I do that. It's not a prerequisite. If you're a preacher, pray every day. You know, pray, read every day. As a Christian, listen to me. If you're in love with someone, you want to spend time with them, don't you? Because you might want to know what they're wanting to say for you to do that day. And then if you talk to them, they might talk back to you. Hello. And sometimes, well, God just doesn't talk to me. Here's my question. Have you been talking to him? Instead of having a shopping list. God, I want that Lincoln. And when you get the Lincoln, fill it up before you bring it here because I ain't got no money. And then, and then you know, my kids, they need some clothes. You know, and I mean, you know what? What's sad is we want God when it's a rescue 911 situation. That's when most people cry out to God. What about when everything is going good? And then, you know, when everything falls apart, guess what happens where you lean? Where you've been leaning when everything was good. 
when everything's bad, you learn to lean on him. You just do. Can I tell you something? You'll lean on what you, what you find strength in. Some people find strength in getting angry. Some people find strength in, I'll go to Facebook and tell everybody. <laughs> and then you know that, that likes give you endorphins? Did you know that? For every like you get, there's endorphins released. So if there's people that came here tonight and they're looking like, hey, hey, hey. they're on 200 likes. Here's the issue. It's not about who likes you. It's who loves you. God, Jesus loves you. Don't worry about how many likes you get. Don't worry about those things. Get your face in the book. And then guess what? When you need God to show up, he will show up. Amen. I'll just amen myself. Pastor Bubba, that was good. Thank you. Then be like the one. If you're not feeling, see, have you made the effort to press through the crowd of unbelief? Are you making the effort? It's, you got to make an effort. You see, and what happens is, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have to hurry here. Have you, have you put the effort through to, you know, to press through? Your busyness, your entertainment, your, your activities. The crowd stands between. Can I tell you something? The crowd will stand between you and God. The voices in the crowd. I, lo- I love reading the stories of the Bible. Because when I look at blind Bartimaeus, you know, he's like, he's praying, Lord. And everybody in the, in the crowd tells him, shut up. He can't hear you. And I'm like, if I was Bart, I'm going to shout a little louder. You know what I mean? Because I'm pressing through. I mean, there was one thing about me. I do have a loud voice. If you've never noticed that. I mean, I used to get in trouble all the time from my mama in church. You're too loud. Shut up. And I got saved and God released me. Anyway, God has a sense of humor. You got to press through. I just want, see, here's, you got to press. I just want to touch the hem of his garment. I know if I can touch him. I know if I touch Jesus, I'll be helped. I'll be whole. I'll be healed. Think about this. Do you suppose by this time, think about it. Here's two stories. Remember, think about this time. Jairus is growing a little impatient because he's with Jesus. He sees what's happening with the woman. Think about it. And he's getting impatient. How many of you ever watched someone else get a blessing and you're getting like, all right, I'll... Come on, let's be real. He's going, I think in his mind, he's, come on, Lord. My daughter's dying. You're talking to some lady who's wanting to touch your garment? Come on. Let's go. Let's get with it. Don't you ever feel that way? Thank you, one person. Come on, if I ask you a question, you can. This is Wednesday night. And it's my first Wednesday night. I know what y'all been doing on Wednesday nights, but Pastor Josh said it's been good. All right. Think about it. He's grown a little impatient. And and said, do you ever feel that way that, Lord, I see you're blessing this person and you're blessing that person? Great. God, that's awesome. But, Lord, what about me? Come on. Anybody ever come on? Let, let's get let, let's let's throw up the religious shingles. And go. How many of you ever felt that way? Come on, be honest. Like Lord, He's watching you right now. How, look on. How many of you ever felt that way? Come on, let's be real. The rest of you just religious. All right. We all praying for you. You get all the names machine. Anyway, just I suggest I suggest to you that you're seeing. See, see. I suggest to you that. That in seeing the healing of this woman, Jared was like being prepared. I believe this. Jared was being prepared for the healing of his own daughter. Why is that? Because sometimes we see other people blessed and we go, you know what? Because we get our eyes so much on the thing. The thing we want, the thing we desire. The husband we're praying for. Listen, if you're single, let me just say... Don't go look for any old man. Can I just preach for one second here on that? Come on. I got an amen right there. All right. That's all I needed. I just want to say, all the other women. Let me, let me tell you something. You be the woman of God 
God wants you to be, and you pray that God makes a man, a man of God that you need, and then he needs to be. And you know what he needs to treat you right now? He needs to treat you like a sister in the Lord. Because you never do anything stupid to a sister that belongs to the Lord. Amen? All right, that's all my advertising for that. And so what happens is, I suggest he's seeing something. You see, whenever the Lord delays moving, and it seems like to be working on other people and other places, you know what happens? Be observant, because wherever he is working, what he's doing, he's causing something to happen inside of you and me. I'll give you an example. How many of you know Pastor Villam? He had Gillian Barre. He was going to die. I prayed for him. I mean, I mean, he, he's written a book, The Silent Journey, you know, Impossible and all this other stuff. And then guess what? I got sick. Hello. He started preaching to me everything he learned from God. You know what? I, I, you know, you know, it's like, man, I feel bad for Pastor Willem. I want him to be around. And it happened to me. Like, I want to be around. I don't want the silent journey. I want to be loud. You know what I mean? All that. And then what happens is I say, know this, healed people heal people. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Bob? People that have received healing from God. Listen, delivered people deliver other people. Listen, how many of you had some devils just in your life? Come on. Billy, you better raise your hand. All right. I was waiting. I was waiting. I was right there. All right. I had a familiar spirits with him, but he didn't want to die in my life. But anyway, what happened is, listen to me. If God can take you, listen, let me, the very thing God delivers you from is the very thing that God turns around to help you deliver other people from. And the very thing, listen, I want, I want to warn you this. Also, the devil will use the very thing he delivered you from to try to tempt you back. Are you hearing me? So your greatest strength can become, also can be your greatest weakness. That's why you need other people and you need tent pegs in your life. That means people. So when the winds of adversity start blowing, those tent pegs hold you down. Amen? Amen. And so let me go on because I don't have a lot of time. I'm going to get you out of here. Is that all right? Y'all give me five minutes. Give me five minutes. Five, 10, 15, 20. Oh, y'all been here longer than 30. Okay, no, no. Okay, so what happens is, verse, so what happens is, this is what I want you to see. So, He's working and they're observing what's happening. And you see in other people in verse 23 through 26. And what happened? Whenever Jesus wants to work in your situation, remember this. If you read that, there will always be mockers saying, it's not going to happen. There are always people, that's a joke. But people, that's not, the Lord's not going to help you. How many ever heard that? It might not be, the, he's, not even, he's not even real to you. He doesn't care about anything about you. Those little voices inside, those voices of unbelief, doubt, the enemy. Even even well-meaning friends. Hello. They'll say, grow up, man. Don't expect a miracle. Don't expect. You're just going to be like this the rest of your life. There's There's the people that laugh. There's people that mock. But here's what you, the attitude you need to have. Jairus, when he saw him, he said, get out of my house. Get out of my house. Sometimes we allow voices in our life and in our house and in our family. And sometimes we need to be like Jairus and go, you know what? Get out of my house. You're not staying in my house. As a man of God, there have been times, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. There have been times my wife goes, there's something going on. And I can feel it in my heart. And I'm not, and I, I'll just, and I, I'm serious. I can feel when there's warfare taking place. And I'll just, you know what? I'll just, I'll go, devil, I don't have to be loud. He ain't hard of hearing. I am. I, and I've, literally, I've rebuked things in my house. You know, I had to stand up. You know what? We're not going to have fear in this house anymore in Jesus' name. My little girl's not going to have bad dreams. Or I'm going to pray. God, right now, I just pray that you would flood this house with the 
with your peace that passes all understanding. I pray that your power would come. My children would not be afraid. They would be released into the power that you call them in their destiny and all that you have for their lives. Lord, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. I'm asking that you would just flood this house with your presence. When people would walk in, they would feel the peace of God in here. Are you hearing me? I've had people come in our house. Harry Gomes, I like your house. I feel the peace of the Lord. You know? And, and I, I'm there, I have a chair that I read my Bible in, Brother Keith. That's where he sits when he comes to my house. Man, I love this chair. Well, there are, there's a lot of peace on that chair. There's also a lot of warfare on that chair. But I want to talk to you. Here's your notes. I've done, how many of you learned a little bit about the Bible tonight? All right? Okay. Here's the three things I want you to know. Three things I've learned from God. These are what I've learned. Number one, nothing is too hard for God. I don't care what you're facing. Nothing's, God has no adversary because there's no equal to him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He has no equal. You know, with every expectation, you hear me say it all. That there's a, I believe with an expectation, there's a visitation. If God has put a big vision in you, you need a big push. What do you mean? You have something you believe in God for in your family or for your personal life. It's a doctor's. I, I've had I've seen my wife give birth to our children. And the doctor will come finally and goes, honey, honey, it's like that. Just one big old push. I'm not gonna I'm not, and it's like, you know, it's like women when they're ah, ah, and, 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 and and sometimes the doctors lie to them. You know what I mean? One, there's like ten. But sometimes God's saying, listen, I believe this. If God gives you a big vision for your life, it's a big baby fixing to be birthed. So if it's a big baby, say, little baby. Say it with me. Say, little baby. Little push. Big baby. Big push. Come on. Say, little baby. Little push. Big baby. Big push. Now, what do you want to have? You have a big push, baby. Some of me, I heard somebody back in the back. Hey, you, baby. <laughs> I've given birth. <laughs> All the men are like, what's all? Come on. What I'm really saying is that sometimes you got to get beyond what everybody's telling you. And you got to have a big push. Some of you need, you need God to restore some things in your personal life. You need God to give you a job. Some of you need God in your marriage. Some of you need God for some of your children. Some of you need God for your circumstances. That means there needs to be a big push. What do you mean, Pastor Bob? That means I'm, not, I'm pushing everything out of the way, and I'm going to get in the word of God, and I'm going to allow this word to get inside of me so it begins to give me a big push so I can have words that I can push all the doubt, all the unbelief, all the things. I need the promises of God in my life to give that push that God wants me to put out. Are y'all hearing me? And see, what happens is, is it, it's like, listen. If you get little in it, little is going to happen. What, hap- what would happen if you just got like hog wild crazy up in the Bible? Just start talking to God all the time. What would happen? Who knows? Come on. I remember when I first got saved, I could believe God for a Walmart parking lot spot. (laughs) Next to the handicap. I'm serious. But I go to some churches now. I go preach to them in the first time and I go there and I go, Lord, this is my first time to ever preach here. And God goes, it's my first time to be here, too. (laughs) You'll get that later. Second thing is there's no situation that, does, that, that justifies despair or justifies unbelief or doubt. No situation. It's easier to give up than to keep on going. Hello? How many of you know somebody go up? It's easier to give up than keep on going. A yes to Jesus is a yes to life. Hello? A yes to Jesus. Say to me. A yes to Jesus is a yes to life. See, I'll just say this. The good news is the truth of Christianity is going to outlast all the untruths of man's applause. 
Look at me. Ten years from now, we're not going to worry about who became president. What we're going to be, what we really need to be praying is God help us all. We got some crazy people, God. We got crazy situations. We need you to show up. God, give us a leader after your own heart. We just need a leader. We don't need dramatics. We don't, and, and, and here's the thing. Let, let, we need to let heaven master us. The spirit wrestles against the flesh. Let heaven master you. Are you hearing me? See, when you open the word of God, when you begin to read, when you begin to pray, it's like all of a sudden heaven comes down. It begins to visit you. Let heaven master you. Don't let things master you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Thank you all. See, we, God wants you to be a demonstration of your faith. That's what he wants. He wants you to be a demonstration of your faith. You see, signs, see, signs and wonders have a language all their own. We all want signs and wonders, but a miracle is a manifestation of Jesus' resurrection. That's all it is. It's a manifestation of Jesus' resurrection. All of a sudden, something was dead, something that couldn't be produced. All of a sudden, life is produced. Listen, I shouldn't even be up here today. I should be with Jesus. Okay? I really should. But God touched my body. I'm glad that I'm here, but I'm looking forward to go be with him one day. I, you, are you hearing what I'm saying? And what has to happen is, is that, you know, it's like, I don't want to offend you, but, but some of you, some of you just not in the shape for revival to happen in your life. What do you mean, Pastor Baba? Or God touching you. You're not, listen, this is a Bible. B-I-B-L-E. Bible. Okay, what do you mean, Pastor? I'm not I'm playing with you. You know why? Because this is what you need. The Bible says taste and see. <laughs> Pastor Bubba, he's in his Bible. That's more than some of you doing with it. I have a friend. This is a true story. Her, she used to use her Bible because she only had three legs on her couch. And she used her Bible for the one And one day she pulled it out and God spoke to her through the Bible and she got saved. And she's now she's a famous Christian singer. I'm not going to tell you her name. But anyway, that's a true story. Her husband's on, everybody knows him in country and western music. He, he sang it, they sang at our wedding. And so, I mean, there's a lot of things. Listen, guys, let me tell you something. You want to know more about the Bible? Read it. Don't wait for Pastor Josh or me or one of the other pastors. And when we preach it and we teach it, you go home. You know, I heard someone say, oh, that's the church that give you the notes. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I had someone gripe. They were complaining that we are a church that gives people notes. And they, they were thinking, because they didn't know. They're just ignorant. They don't, they don't expect you to bring a Bible. They're going to give you notes and tell you what to do. Okay, look at me. We give you the notes so you take your Bible and you take the notes and go, is this really what it says? Okay, here's my thing. I don't want you to have a a binder full of notes and you hadn't even looked in your Bible to see if you checked it out. Do y'all think I'm being mean tonight? Okay, I'm trying to be nice, okay? But here it is. Listen, last thing. I'm going to let you go. The last thing, number three, all things are possible with God. See, here's what you need to know. Don't let your pride be victorious over your need that you have in your life. Sometimes we allow our pride of what people think we are and what we think we got to be. Here, the Bible says this, God resists the proud, but what does he do? He gives what? Grace to the what? To the humble. To the humble. You see, when you're willing to do what you're unqualified to do, that's what qualifies you. Are you hearing me? I'm going to say that again. When you're willing to do what you are unqualified to do, that's when you're qualified. That, that's what qualifies you. Listen, listen when, you're, when you change your atmosphere of what you do and who you are, when you change that atmosphere, you change your destiny. Listen, I've known people that have... 
you know, their marriage was a wreck. And all of a sudden they got, they gave their lives to Jesus, started reading their Bible and praying together. And the whole atmosphere in their house, the whole atmosphere in their marriage, the whole atmosphere in their family and all their friends begin to change. Hello. And I mean, you know, atmosphere changes things around you. It'll keep the people that you don't want to hang out with anymore. Because all of a sudden the atmosphere, you want to talk about Jesus. You want to talk about God. You want to talk about living right. You want to talk about... They're like, man, I just, I just had a doobie tonight, man. I just wanted to have some peace. <laughs> Brother, I learned, you know, I used to think, man, God, I used to tell my friend, man, I know the most high, man. You can get the most high on him. What? Listen, when I got saved, God delivered me from a lot of junk, mostly myself. But all of a sudden, I began to, you know, I want to serve God 100%. And guess what? When I began to do that, you know what? All the friends, God naturally, you know, it, you want a plucking order to find out who your real friends are? Just start serving Jesus with your old heart. I've said some of God's greatest lessons can't be taught in a classroom. It can't be taught right here. It's got to, it's got to be learned in your own journey. Here's my, here's my question. When was the last time you did something for the first time? When was the last time you just did something for the first time? Here's my challenge to you. Pastor Tim gave us a challenge. He said, he, he challenged us. He said, you, you know what? He, he said, I pray this every day. God, let me reach someone for you, Jesus, that doesn't come to our church. Outside of the church. Hello? outside the church and when's the last time you just you just ask people questions outside of this church just to love them to help them to be an encouragement to them you see I believe this anybody can get happy after a miracle comes but you know show me someone who celebrates before they answer and I'll show you someone who probably is going to experience God doing something. Because let me tell you something. If your situation gets better or it doesn't get better, God gets glory in all of it anyway. Hello? Let me just wrap this up, okay? Y'all? I guess the best way I can wrap this up is that we're carriers. We're carriers of whatever we let God put in us. And I believe this, when people suffer at the hands of whatever situation or circumstance they face in their life, if we're carriers of hope and the good news, no matter what you go through, God will use you. How many believe that? You know, when I, when I was battling cancer, and I still, I mean, I'm, I'm still taking some medication and things like that, and uh, some chemo, over-the-counter chemo, not over-the-counter chemo. <laughs> Have I got a deal for you? See me after the service. Anyway, just, uh, first one's free. Anyway, and, but what, what, <laughs> Lord Jesus, help us all. They got this on tape and the video, Lord. <laughs> Let me just say this, guys. If you're a carrier, you're going to infect somebody. You just are. There was a day, Billy, you were there with me. I told him, I said, man, I want to meet this guy, Mr. Duyon. He was dying. Remember that? He was dying of cancer. He He used to work at White Lake as a guy. And so him and I talked about hunting and he made calls and all that just... I talked to him about interests, and I wanted to get to know him, and I got to ask him questions. And I told Billy and another guy, Jared, who brought me there that day to get chemo. And walked in, and I go, man, I wanted to see this guy. I wanted to see this guy. And it was, we were leaving. He came in. I'm telling you, he came in. This guy that was not open to the gospel. Hello? Was not open to the gospel. And I began to, I, I, I grabbed him. I don't, you know what, sometimes I didn't even give, can I pray for you? I didn't even do that. I said, come here. 
Sometimes there's just people you just got to do that to. You know what I mean? I just began to pray for him. And I looked at his wife and said, you know what? God has put y'all on my heart. I've been praying for you. And even today, I said, I look, I said, you see those guys? I told them I wanted to see your husband today because I knew he didn't have much time. And I said, I just wanted to pray for him. I just wanted to believe God. I don't know what happened after that. You hear what I'm saying? But also, I've had people that one time I was praying for a guy. His name was Bradley Blackstone when I first got saved. This is a true story. And all of a sudden, I go, God. And here he is, and, and I remember I prayed for him, and I, I said, he goes, he goes, we were doing a thing, he goes, he looks at me, he goes, Bubba McCann. And there's like this crowd, we were doing this big locker to locker at the Cajun Dome, when Pastor Jake, and, and he goes, and he looks at me, he goes, I've been looking for you for 14 years. My friend goes, he looks like he's an IRS agent. He had a suit, you know what I mean? I go, and he goes, this is a true story, he goes, Do you remember the night you told me about Jesus? A little bit. He goes, you prayed. I wouldn't give my life to God that night. And you prayed God would put misery on me. I can't went home that night. I was looking at my ceiling. I was laying down and my ceiling fan fell off. The ceiling almost killed me. I'm serious. He goes, then I was in battle. He started telling me all these situations. And he goes, I just want to let you know, I finally gave my life to Jesus. <laughs> and yeah, I remember he goes, if you would have known more about God that night, you could have led me to Jesus, man. But you scared the hell out of me, Baba, for 14 years. Well, I said, well, that's what needed to happen. You never know. Are you hearing me? So listen to me. As a wrap up, nothing is too hard for who? There's no situation that justifies what? Despair. And all things are possible to God. Okay, I want to be, I want us to be brutally honest. How many of you are facing some things right now in your life? And you, you know what? You go, Pastor, it just seems too hard. You say, that's me. Come on, come on. How many? Come on. Okay. That's okay. It's okay. Hey, listen, man. You know what you do in family? You know when you've been holding back and your mama looks at you and go, look at me in the eye. Now, is that true with the... Yeah, mom! <laughs> Y'all going, this is a crazy man. That's why I only do it every once in a while. How many go, man, Pastor Bob, there's situations that I'm facing right now that I just don't, I've been, I've been depressed. I've been down because I don't see a way out. Come on. Can I tell you what? All things are possible to God. And what you have to do is you have to believe. You got to press through the crowd. Hello. You got to get past all the other voices. Hello. You got to get out of your comfort zone. You got to be willing to lose and risk your reputation to do what God wants you to do and what he's asking you to do. Because see, can I tell you something? I'm not asking you anything. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. All I have to do is read the words. And guess what God does? The Spirit goes out. I don't need to tell you you're living wrong or you're doing this or that. The Holy Spirit will teach you. Hello? Hello? If you raise your hand tonight. In fact, why don't we just all stand up tonight? Because we all face those things. I just want to pray. Let me just say this. The kingdom of God is planting in one field and it's reaping in another field. And I believe this. Gifts don't tell a whole lot about a person, but the gifts of God tells us a whole lot about God. Amen? And sometimes we want this gift or that gift, but it says a whole lot about who God is. And I just want you to lift your hand right now to the Lord. And right now, with your, with your own voice, 
in complete sentences. Just tell God right now. Tell God what you've been facing. He knows. God, it seems hard. Just tell him. Tell him right now. You can say it out loud. Well, I don't want anybody to hear me. Just say it. Whatever seems difficult, whatever seems hard right now, just say, God, you see it, but I'm giving it back to you. Let's just pray. Just say, say, Father, this situation, these circumstances, these issues that I'm dealing with, they seem overwhelming. But Lord, I pray that you would overwhelm me with your presence. God, help me to get immersed in your promises. Help me to seek your peace. To know your presence. And Father, the Bible says there's no thing that is too hard for you. Say this with me also. Say, Lord, I give you my depression, my doubt, my discouragement, my feelings of unworthiness. I'm your child. You know me. So I come to you tonight, Father. I need your help. Break through my hardness. Break through my pride. Break through my arrogance. Break through me just doing nothing. God, put a hunger in me. Put a thirst in me. It can only be filled by you. It's the last thing. I want you to declare this. God, say it we'd like to meet. God, all things are possible through you in my life and in my circumstances. I thank you, God. You know what I need. Even before I ask, help me to receive all that you have. Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. He's worthy. Look at me and I'm going to let you go. I promise. Look at me. Okay, thank you. I want you this week, I'm going to challenge everyone. You know, Pastor Josh talked about being, you know, being thankful for things in your life. Okay? I want you to go a step further, not just being thankful, but I want you to go, God, bring people to me that I can share you. I can share your love, your heart, that I can get out of my comfort zone, that you can do for the first time. How many, let me ask you a question. How many, been, how many ever prayed this, God, use me? How many scared to pray that prayer sometimes? Because you fear, he will use me. Listen, how many you want to grow? How many of you want to grow in God? Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone. And the challenge is this. Get intoxicated with God. Amen. We got blue.